This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire gets insight you can't get anywhere else. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Riley's going to take it, and he goes into the end zone, and Mike Riley takes the first pie out of the oven as the Eskimos score a touchdown, and uh, we'll take the lead. Mike Riley will go under center behind Justin Sorensen. He'll plow straight ahead. Touchdown, Eskimos. Mike Riley has a pair, and the Eskimos increase their lead from the one-yard line. First down for the Eskimos. There's three for 13. Touchdown, Mike Riley. He goes into the end zone for the third time tonight. First visit to Mosaic Stadium. It's official. The Eskimos like it. 28-13. They defeat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Eskimos led it wire to wire on Saturday. A win over the Riders to take third place and earn a trip to Winnipeg. Eskimos finish at 12-6. Actually tied for second place with Winnipeg, but lose the tiebreaker. So they're off to the peg for the semifinal on Sunday. 1.30 pregame, 2.30 for the kickoff over on Kissing Country. 103.9 as always. Uh, we say hello and good evening to the coach. How you doing, Jason? Doing Great, thanks. 12-6. Uh, you took a weird roadmap to get there, but 12-6 and six is a pretty impressive season no matter what year you're looking at in the Canadian Football League. Uh, no question. I think it's it's hard to win in our league, period, and to win 12 games with what we've gone through this year um, I think says a lot about the organization, where we are right now, and a ton about our players um, and coaching staff. Uh, Mike, our coaches, you know, the guys that uh, do a lot of the work, uh, players executed on the field and to do that for 12 games and win them it was a big deal. You've been a head coach for two years now but you've been a coach for a long time in this league. What kind of challenges did you have this year with the injuries and, and with the streaks and having to deal with, with the real highs and the real lows of a season? Yeah, I mean I wasn't saying anything about me coaching. I'm talking about Mike. Yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah. Coaches and, and stuff and uh, bottom line is this to deal with the amount of injuries we've dealt with the losing streak and all that. I mean, it's just tough mentally. It's tough mentally to get it going week in and week out. I think our coaches do a tremendous job preparing our players, whoever's in there, uh, and getting them ready to play. Um, the challenge is just a new guy up. I mean, there was there was a lot of the time this year where we were having eight to ten changes per week, and the last few weeks we've had one or two uh, to our roster. It's been very little. Um, you know, a turnover, and that's usually what you want, and that's usually what leads to success. But I've been very proud of what our coaches have, have been preaching in the locker room and preaching in the, the meetings, and the, the schemes that we're doing, and our players are picking it up. And I've been very proud of our, our players and coaches this year, uh, getting guys prepared and getting guys ready to play. Uh, they say the uh, the key is what uh, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh, you must be a pretty strong team right now as you, you head to the playoffs. Yeah, no question. I think um, you know. I think a, you look at a, a complete season. Um, there's always going to be highs and lows in every season. I don't think you know you ever get unscathed in that area in that department. So I think the more you go through, the better it is at the end. Because uh, at the end of the day, you want to get into the playoffs. I mean, you want to have everything that happens to you happen for a reason, and that reason is to have an opportunity to win a Grey Cup. So, you know, the the amount of 
difficult times we had this year, I think is only going to bode well for us um, in tight games in the playoffs, which most of them come down to that. You led wire to wire on Saturday. That hasn't happened much this year. No, I think one other time maybe um, this year. And uh, very few and far between we've, we've had games like that. So, um, you know, it's nice. It's nice to be able to say you can play with the lead and, and do that. Um, you know, you hope that's the case this next week. Uh, Mike Riley's performance, uh, I, I, you know, I, didn't, I don't get tired of talking about him because he's just such a treat to watch from our standpoint, uh, but it seems every week he's a focal point, and that's a reason because he's your leader and he's your best player. But uh, three touchdowns uh, in the game, and then when you add up the season, it's just been, uh, in my mind, an MOP season for Mike Riley so far. Yeah, no, he was tough. I mean, I, I mean, people don't understand how hard it is to play in, in the cold weather environment. I mean, it's not like we get to practice in it all year and you're just used to it. Um, it's so warm and sunny for most of our season, and then all of a sudden it slowly gets cold. And then when you play in Edmonton, it goes or play out west, it gets cold quickly, and you have to adapt. And the best quarterbacks um, are the ones that can adapt quickly and refine their game and 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 are able to throw it in every condition and Mike's one of those quarterbacks he just has a knack for being able to throw in the wind rain uh, cold um, all those things and it was difficult throwing conditions and he made it look very easy mm-hmm. um, and to control the ball to control our offense to uh, to lead us I mean it was tremendous and he's done it all year I mean he he's 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 not he wasn't impervious to our our slumping either I mean he had a couple games where weren't his best either uh, and there was parts in the season where he wasn't as good as he has been lately. Um, but he kept fighting and he kept uh, working hard, and you would never doubt that part about him. So it was nice to have him, you know, at some points in the year not play his best but come through. And then now, you know, he's better for it. He's a much better quarterback right now than he was at the beginning of the year, I can assure you. Where has he improved in your mind from when you got here at the start of last year and what you knew about him and watching him play in, in the years before that? How far has he come in the last couple of years in your mind? I mean, I just think he's he, his decision-making is really good. Um, it's gotten better this year even. I think his footwork has, has been overhauled um, where he's, he's better with his footwork. We've worked really hard on that this year. He still has ways to go with it uh but it's far superior to me than when i got here i feel like um you know he's um taking less chances i think i think with his feet and with his arm just throwing it in there so i think like i said his decision making his footwork and for to be a good quarterback to be a great quarterback those are the two things it takes is decision making uh and footwork and when you do those better um, you're a better quarterback, and so. And the other thing is, he's been in this, this a similar offense before I got here, and then you know, it, so now it's four to five years. He four years now he's been in this type of offense. So naturally, you just you start learning the concepts better. You start seeing how defenses prepare against you. So um, you know his study habits are extremely high. So. You know, I think he's just getting more comfortable. When you were named coach, everyone said, man, they're cut from the same cloth. They'll get along fine. Has the relationship with him been what you thought it would be, and has it been beneficial for both of you? Uh, absolutely. I, I can't speak for Mike whether it's been beneficial for him or not, but I think anytime your co- coach has a lot of trust and faith in you and belief in you, I believe it makes you play better. Um, I think Mike knows how I feel about him. Um, you know, as a person, as a, uh, you know, uh, you know, meeting his family and, and, and knowing how great of a family he has. And, you know, I just love the way Mike plays. I mean, I have a lot of admiration for the type of player he is. 
uh, toughness, gritty, all those things. But I get to see him every day, and I get to see how he prepares and how much mm-hmm. he cares and you know how much time he spends. Um, we have to kick him out of offices and kick him out of the building, you know, and um, to let him go home and relax and, and kind of be a guy rather than just everything. And, um, you know, he's just uh, he's a great person. And so it's easy to like him and uh, easy to, you know, want him to do well. Okay, you mentioned the cold. Uh, when you played, you played in cold games and you found secrets as a player how to stay warm. Uh, what are the secrets as a coach to stay warm? Were you, were you cold on Saturday? Um, you know, I... I, I know you I, got so I, much going on in your head, yeah, right? You, you, it slipped I, to your mind probably. You, this is what I think. I'm a hunter, so I've hunted my since I've been in Alberta, and I've gone out in minus 30, minus 35, and spent four or five hours in it hunting and having to sit there still and not move. Um, when I'm a coach, I can move. <laughs> and so I think anytime you're in the elements and you're prepared to be in the elements, it's usually you can deal with it. I think when you go out there unprepared is when it's cold or too cold for you. Uh, I move a lot. I'm very, if you ever watch me on the sidelines, I'm generally moving, particularly when it's cold, but I dress for the occasion. I mean, I may not look like I was dressed for the occasion, but underneath I was dressed for the occasion. And, um, you know, I didn't have really have gloves on because I have to, you know, use my pen and stuff like that. And, but I don't really, you know, that doesn't, doesn't bother me, but I was dressed for it. So, I mean, I felt very cozy, but it was cold. I'm not going to lie. It was, the wind was good. And, uh, pre-game, I had barely a sweatshirt and p- short uh, sweatpants on, and I wasn't prepared for it. And I just sat out there for an hour throwing the ball around with the guys and doing things. And I wanted to feel what the players feel. That's mostly why. At the beginning of the year, I didn't really go out and throw the ball around because it's nice weather and all that. When we went to Montreal and it was raining, that's when I first started doing it. And I like to go out now and just see what the players are going to feel and kind of understand what their mindset's going to be and try to let them know that, you know, it's really in your mind whether it's cold or not. And you kind of got to get used to it. Um, Obviously, make sure you dress for it. But you just got to get over the fact that it's cold and deal with it. I marvel at the guys who who play with the short sleeves. I mean, I I, I can't decide if that's brave or crazy. Well, again, it's kind of about doing it, right? Yeah. I mean, if once you're out there and you're moving, um, you feel a lot different. I mean, when you're playing, playing is totally different. It's amazing how you just your body just adapts, your mind's free of it. Um, you know, you, there, I guess there's so much uh, going on that you kind of forget the fact that it is cold. And uh, it's only when you come off and you sit there for, for a while and, and, and whatnot that it, you start to realize it again. Did your pen freezing up? Mine was freezing in the booth uh, all the time. I had to keep it in my pocket. Uh, I kept it in my, yeah. my mine in my pocket enough with the little heating heating pads on it. So, <laughs> all right, uh, chicks of the trade, staying warm on the sidelines. Uh, it is a seven forty-five. This is the Eskimos coaching show, coaches show uh, with Jason Moss. We'll take a break. It's gonna be cold in Winnipeg. We'll talk about that when we come back. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Now, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Coming up to 749, Eskimos winners in Regina on uh, Saturday. That uh, gave them a trip in the West for the playoffs. They'll be in Winnipeg on Sunday afternoon. It's a 2.30 start, 1.30 for the pregame. You can hear it over on Kissing Country 103.9. We were talking about the cold weather uh, before the break. Uh, right now it says uh, partly sunny, minus 5 for the high, minus 7 for the low. So depending on the wind, Jason, that's not too bad, really. No, not at all. And I think anytime you've gone into minus 15, minus 20, we all know minus 5 
five feels balmy, so yeah. I think we'll be just fine. Uh, you lost twice to Winnipeg this year, 33-26, 28-19. Both games were close at times. What do you remember most about the two games against the Blue Bombers? They did hit, too, in, in that six-game streak, obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the first one was the fact that, um, to be honest with you, the injuries we had during the first game was one of the things I thought about. Um, that game right before halftime, giving up um, a touchdown, um, going to and out, or throwing a pick actually, and then them capitalizing with the touchdown right before half when it was a really tight game. Um, you know, that was one part that I remember. And then obviously the second game, it's a, I think a two point game with two minutes to go. And actually, it was maybe a two-point game with five minutes to go, and we went two and out twice, and then obviously threw the pick six at the end. But another tight game, you know, right down to the end. So, you know, um, you know they're a good football team. I know that. Um, you know, they'll be playing at home. It's going to be loud, obnoxiously loud. Um, you know, it'll be a great atmosphere to play a football game in. Um, they've won 12 games for a reason, and so they're talented. Um, it's going to be a great challenge for us, but I know we're up for it. You talk about uh, picks in both games being turning points almost, mm-hmm. so that tells you obviously that that's their M.O. though, right? They've played like that for two years now. Yep, no question. I mean, they, they've scored more points off of turnovers than anybody else in our league. I think Sask is second to that. Um, you cannot turn over the ball against them. I know that. They make you pay every single time. So ball security in every game is important. In playoff games, it's even more important. But when you're playing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, it's, it's, it's sacrilegious. You have to be able to control the ball. I'd like to see us take it away because I know their record isn't as good when they lose the turnover battle. But when they win it, it's, it's far better. So it's like any most teams. But uh, so it's something we'll focus on this week is talking about it, making sure our guys are very aware of holding on the ball, making sure Mike is great with his decision making. Sometimes the best decision is to throw it away or tuck it. Um, so he's got to be on point with that. And uh, at the end of the day, our defense needs to take some balls away and our special teams needs to create some. So, you know, I hope that uh, we're able to do that as well. Crowd noise. What what do football teams do to combat the crowd noise? Because it's arguably, and I guess they TSN did the scientific study this year that uh, named Winnipeg the loudest crowd in the league. What do you have to do? What do you change so that you can not let that affect you? Well, usually you play play good football, and they're not as loud. Uh, that's the first thing. Um, put, put up a lot of points. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Shut them out. Um, but at the end of the day. Really, it's communication on offense that's going to be the biggest problem. So, you know, you do your silent count and you work on it all week and you get really good at it. Um, That's something we've been good at since I've been here. We've been a good road team. Um, You know, we won six games on the road this year. And uh, when we had to use silent count, we've always been efficient at using it. Um, so that's that's something we'll practice this whole week. We'll practice in the noise uh, in our stadium and make sure it's as loud as possible because um, – you know, it can get deafening and makes little communication um, very difficult. But we're, we hand signal a lot of things. And again, uh, we go with our silent count. So it's, it's dis- there's some disadvantages to it. I mean, it allows the defense, to, uh, your O line has to look back and do different things. So it's, it's somewhat of an advantage for the defense. You can't use your cadence to keep them off, draw them off sides as much. So, but. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we've been well, well versed at it and practiced at it. Our defense won't have any issues because they'll be quiet as can be. 
when they're working, so they'll be able to communicate. But at the end of the day, nothing combats a, an opposing team's uh, stadium like beating them and, and doing it from start to finish. For sure. Uh, last week you prepared for two quarterbacks when you're going up against uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, maybe you got three to prepare for this week. Nobody knows for sure the status of Matt Nichols. I know Michael Shea today said he expects him to play in the game, but, you know, coaches have been known to stretch that a little bit. Um, how to, are you preparing for more than Matt Nichols, obviously, this yeah, week? Yeah, we'll prepare for all of them. I mean, we'll, we'll make sure, Benny will make sure we have a game plan suited for all three of them um, because they all are a little bit different. Um, obviously, if it is Matt, we know what, we're, what to expect. But the other two guys have different traits than Matt has. So you look at their offense, you look how they run it um, differently with those two guys in there. And if they do, then you make sure you uh, have different plans for it. But if it's the same kind of guy and they're use, doing the same things and it's not as difficult, you just have to worry about both of them are going to be probably more mobile than Matt. And it's not that Matt's not a great athlete because Matt does move around well in the pocket. But if he's limited with mobility, um, you know, those other two guys won't be. And so they'll be dangerous with their feet. And that's one of the attributes they both possess. Uh, we've talked about this a couple of times on the show uh, during the season about how you like every week to be the same and preparation to be the same. And, and we even talked about going in the playoffs. How does it change? And you said you don't want it to change. You just want everyone to work as hard as they work, as hard as they can work uh, through it. Is it tough to keep that philosophy? Uh, because guys just it's natural right guys get a little nervous maybe around playoff time the games become more important they get a little more jittery how much do you have to work at explaining to them that it's just you want it just to be another week well you do want it to be just another week preparation wise and how we as coaches go about it um we give them the schedule early they'll get it uh you know they've already have an idea of what the schedule is going to be like this week but you know when they get back to work on wednesday we'll go through the whole week with them and they'll know what's what's to come the good thing you hear about this time, you know, this time of year, guys know what this this these moments are all about. So, you know, generally you have guys that come in on their days off, anyways, and get workouts in. You know, the offense is coming in on their off on their day off tomorrow, and they're going to watch film together. The defense is doing the same thing. You always have special teams guys that walk through the, our building and are talking to our coaches. So, you tend to see this time of year, no matter what, no, even if you're telling them it's just another week. They don't got much else to do right now. They're focused on football and football alone, and they don't want to be thinking about anything else. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes just to freaking keep thinking about it and keep being around guys keeps you from being nervous. And uh, But at the end of the day, um, being prepared and focused is what helps the nerves. I know you're good friends with Mike O'Shea. Uh, do you like coaching against friends, or does it does it bother you? Or uh, you're, I'm I'm guessing you're. It's pretty easy for you to separate the game from the friendship. Yeah, I like to beat my friends. I mean, at the end of the <laughs> just day, like I don't, like, else, I don't right? like to lose to them. Um, you know, so sucked this year losing to him twice. Um, but at the end of the day, I have so much respect and admiration for Mike, and uh, obviously love the job that he's been able to do over there. And you know, it started with uh, a, him beating us here at home, Winnipeg beating us here at home last year, and they've been on a tear ever since. And uh, I couldn't be more proud and happy for him, knowing him as a man and, um, you know, watching him grow into that role too. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a great challenge. And, I, you know, you want to go up against the best. I think Mike's one of the best coaches in our league. And, uh, you know, so you want to always test yourself against those kind of guys. He's got a great football mind and acumen and stuff like that. So. Uh, it's fun and challenging to go against them, um, but obviously I want to beat them like no other. So the friendship part of that goes by the wayside for those 60 minutes, and then 
you know, you're either congratulating him or he's congratulating you at the end, and we'll have a beer at the end of the year. <laughs> All right, uh, Jason, uh, thanks for this. Uh, congratulations on the regular season. Uh, best of luck to you this week, and uh, hopefully uh, one week from tonight we're talking about another win and a trip to the finals. Thanks. Perfect. Jason. Thank you. That's the Eskimos show for tonight. Don't forget, it's uh, the Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers over on uh, Kissing Country, 103.9 FM, 130 for the pregame show, 2.30 for the kickoff. Have a great night, everybody. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. On Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad.